He who saves one life saves the world entire. And the most important life to save is your own. After all, it's the place where you have the most power. So join shadow worker and trauma therapist Laura Giles each week on It's Not You, It's Me. We'll uncover what's in shadow and learn the things you need so you can heal yourself, grow yourself, know yourself, love yourself, be yourself, and share yourself. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, it's time to drop the self-sabotage and limiting beliefs. A healthy, abundant, connected life is an option. Choose it. Subscribe. And let's start manifesting it. A listener wants to know how to beat a narcissist at their own game. We've had two podcasts about narcissism already, Letting Go of Narcissist and Healing from Narcissistic Abuse with Amanda Kate. Be sure to check out those two for additional information about narcissism as it's quite a hot topic these days, isn't it? And thanks for tuning in. It's Not You, It's Me is a weekly podcast that highlights patterns, problems, and solutions that humans face that they might not be aware of to make life easier and more authentic. I give you tips to help you get in the driver's seat of your life so that you can be your best self. If the show helps you, reminds you of something you forgot, teaches you something, or entertains you, please consider giving back by liking, sharing, subscribing, commenting, or donating as all of these things help us to stay on the air. The show is free to listen to, but not free to produce, so your support really makes all the difference. Now, in order to talk about how to beat a narcissist at their own game, we first have to be on the same page about what a narcissist is and what that game is. It seems like everyone who has an attitude is getting the label narcissist now, and just because someone's a jerk doesn't mean they're a narcissist. Even someone with narcissistic traits isn't necessarily a narcissist. Most of us have at least some narcissistic traits. Our culture encourages it. And some of those traits are actually beneficial in moderation. So let's look at what narcissistic traits are. Exaggerated feelings of superiority and self-importance. That's one. If this is mild, we might call this (laughs) self-esteem. At least the self-important part. We want our children to feel that they are important. I want you to feel that you're important. Just not more important than everyone else. The exaggerated part, I think, comes from not deserving it. If you're getting C's in math and you walk around like you're a math wizard, that's certainly exaggerated. But if you're at the top of your class, your grades are superior. And I think knowing that is healthy. (laughs) We want to be able to look at ourselves for validation rather than giving that power to someone else. When it's healthy, that sense of worth comes from an objective uh, look at the data not wishful thinking or ego. When the whole trend to give everyone a trophy for participating in a sport and throwing out the scorecard happened, that really messed things up for everyone. There are winners and losers in any game. When we reward someone for nothing and don't acknowledge achievements, creativity, or intellectual excellence, when we see it, we ruin the self-esteem of the people on both ends of the spectrum. Kids know when they're being rewarded for doing nothing. They resent it. It feels like the lie that it is. 
They don't trust your judgment or their own, and it makes them strive less. The same is true for those who excel. If they work hard and it's ignored, they stop. Or maybe they strive to be the best at everything, and then they never feel that that's ever good enough. So be honest and encourage humility. That's what creates self-esteem, not lies. Another narcissistic trait is regular fantasies about personal power, intelligence, success, or attractiveness. Doesn't that sound like every teenager you have ever met? (laughs) To me, those are healthy dreams at that age. If you don't have something to reach for, you may end up doing nothing with your life. It's when it becomes a preoccupation and you pretend to be more than you are, or you never actually do anything sustainable to achieve these dreams, or you have to have these things to feel worthwhile, that it becomes a problem. Another narcissistic trait is a firm belief in personal specialness. I think most of our parents tell us that we're special, don't they? Again, if this is in moderation and it's done with humility and the understanding that we're all special in some way, like stars in the night sky, they're all different, I think it's fine. But if this is more of an I'm special and you're not thing, That's a problem because of the entitlement and potential othering and oppression that can come along with being superior. Another narcissistic trait is the strong need for attention, praise, and admiration from other people. Healthy parents, teachers, and mentors give their kids, students, and employees all of these things to motivate them to grow and achieve. But if this is all you live for... If you feel empty without it and you're always seeking it and can't give it to yourself, it's a problem. If you want to know if your person is a narcissist, stop talking and listen to what they talk about. I've actually been casual friends with many people who might actually be full-blown narcissists or high in narcissistic traits. Fortunately, I have seen the best sides of them, not the nasty sides, because we're just acquaintances and I wasn't their primary source of emotional supply. And once I tuned into this and started paying attention, I noticed that with all of them, all they talk about is themselves. They talk 90% of the time. They talk about what great people they are or all the great things that they're doing. Never ask about me or they complain about everybody else. And I asked myself, why am I friends with these people? (laughs) Yeah, gotta pay attention. They were fun company at parties, but there wasn't any real emotional connection. And when they were by themselves and not the center of attention, they weren't any fun at all. Using manipulation tactics to get your needs met is another narcissistic trait. This one is not normal or healthy under any circumstances. It goes against the sense of fairness that most of us are taught from a very young age. We're all programmed with a sense of reciprocity. I'm good to you and honest, and you will return that to me in some way. Society runs on trust. When that is betrayed with lies and manipulation, society breaks down. So this is a big deal. This happens because of another narcissistic trait, and that's low empathy or disinterest in the emotional needs of others. Healthy people have a stop sign inside that keeps them from running over other people. It hurts to hurt people. Narcissists either don't have this or they ignore it and hurt people anyway. It makes them feel powerful. Another narcissistic trait is that's not present in healthy people is a tendency to envy others and assume that en- others envy them. They're preoccupied with themselves and think that others are too. 
Another narcissistic trait that isn't present in non-narcissistic people is arrogance and scorn for others. It's like they look down on other people and feel that they deserve their nasty treatment that they give them. Being on top creates distance that keeps them emotionally safe, so they like it up there. As I said before, teenagers might display all of these things because of immaturity, hormones, thoughtlessness, and just a lack of life experience. People who endured trauma young might also have a lot of these traits because of the arrested development and poor role models. We have to learn how to socialize and have healthy boundaries. If we grow up in an environment where everyone's struggling to survive and it's dog-eat-dog, we're more likely to be selfish, self-involved, and low on empathy. I'm sharing all this to caution against throwing the narcissist word around to everyone who's not so healthy. Some people can grow out of these things if they learn better emotional regulation skills, social skills, and coping skills. They also need to heal those trauma triggers because when the trick goes off, some people will say and do anything to feel safe again, and that can be pretty brutal. True narcissism is a personality disorder that comes from fear and insecurity. They have an intense fear of abandonment, which makes them so insecure. They're afraid that other people will find out how bad they are and will leave them. So they go through all these mental games to hide their badness and make you believe that they're all that. Shame avoidance is a huge component of narcissism. And that desire to be the center of attention is about needing connection. But since they never got that in a healthy way, they fear it and push it away. Their nastiness is a way to push you away before you can reject them. Then they want to just suck you back in. That's what all the bragging, good deeds, achievement, and primping is all about. If they're desirable enough, there is this false belief that they uh, will be secure and that they're safe from abandonment. Only they're never safe because their inner belief is that they're bad. Like, it's a whisper in their ear all the time. So they fight with you and push you away with the nastiest comments and behaviors so that they can say, if they abandon you, you didn't abandon them. Or if it's a boss, they pile work on you to make them look good, then criticize you so your self-esteem will be so low that you wouldn't dare leave. Or maybe they keep trying to get you to make it up to them. It's this really twisted game that leaves you feeling psychologically damaged. So here are some tells to let you know if a person that you're dealing with has narcissistic personality disorder or just a few traits that might heal over time with maturity. The first is that emotional confusion I was just talking about. You can't ever find a solid ground with this person. It's hot, then it's cold. They're happy, then they're not. They're rejecting, then they want you close. They're always testing the waters and reacting to a story in their head that you weren't even aware of. They're also running many games in their head that you're not a player in. So the reaction that you see could just be you getting collateral damage of another scenario that you weren't even part of. This emotional confusion may also be the result of gaslighting, which is distorting the facts to make them look right and you look crazy. They will say with a straight face that the sky is green and be offended when you don't believe them. If a person makes you feel crazy and they have distorted thinking and twisted logic, they're probably a narcissist or have some sort of mental issue. Another tell is vindictiveness or holding a grudge. If a person never forgets a slight and has the motto, revenge is a dish best served cold, look out. One day you're going to be on the receiving end of this and whatever they do will be way out of line with however they feel they were slighted. 
Narcissists play the long game. They're very good chess players. They will stalk your social media for months to find out all kinds of things about you, then casually show up someplace that you frequent and act like it's a chance meeting. Another tell is that they drop hints about who they are or what they're doing behind your back. There are different reasons for this. Sometimes it's to give them a cover story in case they get caught. They can say, oh, I told you about that, remember? Only they didn't tell you the whole story, just the cover part. Sometimes they drop hints to heighten the risk of being caught. Since their emotions are so suppressed, they need high stakes drama to feel anything. And this makes their lives more thrilling. Every narcissist doesn't drop hints, but many of them do. Another tell is love bombing. I don't think that non-narcissist people do this. Love bombing is when you smother someone you just met with compliments, gifts, attention to make them feel special and draw them in. It's a whirlwind courtship to test to see how vulnerable you are. If they can hook you with that false attention, they know that you're needy and that you're going to be easier to manipulate. So always go slow in relationships. Real love takes time. If someone is in love after a week, you're probably dealing with a narcissist or at least someone who has some healing to do before they can be a stable partner. Another tell is projection. Because the world revolves around the narcissist, they think that everyone thinks like them. So they project their thoughts onto other people. That goes along with the envy thing I was talking about earlier. But it's more than that. If they're cheating, they think you're cheating. If they would steal money in a given situation, they think you would too. They really don't see you. You're just a projection. Another tell uh, with a narcissist is that you're not even a person. <laughs> you're an object. They don't care about you, your needs, or your emotions. If you aren't meeting their needs, they can easily replace you with someone else who will. You're interchangeable with everyone else. I know that's hard to hear. It's if you think you're in love with them and you think it's very special, it's that's really the hardest part I've, I've encountered when I'm dealing with somebody who's healing from narcissistic abuse is that how could this be nothing when it felt so special? But they, they don't see you. Another tell is that they're incongruent. Their actions don't match their words. Their emotions don't align with what they're saying. So maybe they're talking about something traumatic, but they're wooden. Or maybe they're really animated about something mundane. They can say mean and insensitive things without feeling bad. And if you ask them about something they don't want to talk about, they can change the topic, say something nonsensical, or turn it into a joke so you forget about it. When we like someone, even if it's platonic, we can give people a lot of leeway. That's how narcissists gain entry with you. When you're mindful and aware, you'll have an easier time of picking up on these types of things early on and not getting entangled in relationships with narcissists. It's always a good tactic to go slow in romantic relationships so warning signs have time to present themselves. So one way to beat a narcissist at their own game is to spot them early and avoid them. So I've talked about what a narcissist is. Now let's talk about what their game is. Everybody's different. Even people with the same mental health condition are different. So this won't apply to everyone. However, the big picture game with a narcissist is to get as much admiration as possible without the source of that admiration, discovering how empty and ashamed they feel inside. All those tales I talked about, that's how the game is played. And this podcast is called It's Not You, It's Me. <laughs> that means taking responsibility for what you bring to the table. And there are only two ways 
to engage with a narcissist. The first is to approach the game as if they're playing with empathy, compassion, and the same rules that healthy humans use to negotiate relationships. Another way to say that is to play the game as if they're not a narcissist. And they aren't playing by those rules, but they know them. And if you're using those rules in their game, they've already got you. They know how to manipulate your empathy, guilt, compassion, and sense of fair play. They will tie you into a knot of doubt that will have you apologizing to them, chasing after them, and feeling like you're the bad guy. So I don't recommend that. The second way to approach the game is to play by the same rules that they're using. That's how narcissists create other narcissists. It's the, if you can't beat them, join them tactic. I've seen a lot of couples who were trauma bonded to their narcissist. They didn't want to let them go because of the drama was addictive. The love bombing worked every time. And the only way to stay connected to them was to play by their rules. So now instead of one narcissist, there's two. In my mind, the it's not you, it's me approach is to take responsibility for your own life. If you are involved with a narcissist, that's not your fault, but it is a learning experience. For me, the what does it say about me takeaway is how can I see this narcissistic pattern earlier so that I can avoid it? And how do I get out of this with the least amount of damage? If the relationship hurts you, I'd end it, period. If it's a relationship that you can't get out of right away, or ever, because it's a boss or a family member, there are some things that you can do to lessen the chance that they will take their insecurities out on you. The first is to keep your distance. Narcissists want attention. Their lover, best friend, or someone who is underneath them in power tend to be the primary source of supply. As long as that's not you, the less contact you have with them, the less likely it'll be that they will look to you for that attention. Second is to let them have the spotlight. That's where they feel comfortable, so give it to them. It's not worth fighting over. Third is to compliment them. Validate them. We all have good things about us, so find something honest and true that you can say about them. It keeps them happy and pacified. Most narcissists are actually really good at what they do. It's their attitude and lack of social skills that makes them hard to be around. Their claws aren't out if they're happy. If you have to be around a narcissist, a little stroking helps. Fourth, if possible, don't let on that you know that they're narcissists. With many narcissists, once they know you see through them, you become a target. Remember what I said about being vindictive? If they know you know, they'll have to hurt you in some way to prove that it's you, not them. This isn't true with all narcissists. Some enjoy you knowing and find it funny. I once had a narcissistic boss and I didn't realize she was a narcissist because I didn't really pay her any attention at all. I just kept my head down, did my work, minding my own business. I knew there was something weird going on in the office, but I was like, not my circus, not my monkeys. Anyway, one day my boss turned her claws on me. Every day she was being passive aggressive and criticizing me for doing things I'd never been trained to do. And I handed in my notice about a week later. Those were the two longest weeks of my life. <laughs> I don't recommend putting up with anyone like that. And what I went through was mild. She wasn't cursing at me or raging. She just had this way of making minor mistakes mean that I was incompetent or stupid or just not fit to walk the earth. And I've definitely heard stories about the raging cursing guy. I don't even know how that happens, but it's out there. And that actually leads me to a fifth strategy. It's don't emotionally react. 
Narcissists like to feel power over others. If you break down or get emotional, that feels like a win to them. They feel superior. There's a name for this, actually. It's called gray rocking. It means to be as dull and uninteresting as possible to inspire the narcissist to move on. They want drama. They want emotion. Don't give it to them. When we want to beat a narcissist at their own game, that sounds like two things to me. One is that you're attached. Attachment keeps the game going. You don't want to engage with a narcissist. It's not pleasant and you can't win or be authentic. Forget about winning. Forget about what's fair or right. The most effective thing you could do is to let it go. It only matters if you say it does. Whatever releasing them costs you, see it as a cost for freedom and peace of mind. The other thing is that desiring to beat them at their own game sounds like maybe you have some unresolved stuff to work through. And I don't mean this in a snarky way. I just mean that sometimes you have to choose whether you want to be free or right. If you're having trouble detaching, it could be a trauma bond. I'm here to help if you need it. Just reach out. And if you're listening to this and thinking, oh my God, I'm a narcissist. Slow your roll. Take a deep breath. (laughs) Narcissistic traits are normal. That's why I led with that. They happen on a spectrum and a little can be healthy. If you do have some traits that are problematic, well, it's good that we've highlighted them today, right? Now you're aware of them and you can work on finding healthier ways to think or get some help in becoming more aware of others and connecting to their feelings. If you have narcissistic traits, the last thing you want to do is get emotional, hide, or feed the shame even more. Everyone is good in them and we can all learn to be more functional. The thing we can't do is rescue someone else or do the work for them. It's not you, it's me, remember? Find what's yours and do you. I think the topic of narcissism is trending because we're more self-aware and aware of boundaries and we're also less socially skilled. So there's more boundary violations. If we all do our own part and clean up what we bring to the problem, it's going to be a better world and a better next generation. Thank you guys for tuning in. Appreciate the show topic. If you have any suggestions for topics for the show, drop me a comment. I want to make this show useful for you because the show is for you. So thank you. And see you next week. Ciao. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help the podcast thrive, please share it with others. Post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from Laura Giles, you can follow her on all her socials at Laura Giles 804. See you next time.